0: Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John D. Morton. We are still in the book of Romans today, and uh, we're we're coming to the end of our journey in this book, but I want uh, to thank the Lord for the way he has blessed these simple teachings from this incredible book in the Bible of the major doctrines of scripture and what it means to be saved. And today we're gonna talk about the highlight of all of it, uh, which is God's amazing grace. Uh, That is the one thing that that the organized, formal religionists have trouble grasping. They don't understand what grace is. And if we don't understand grace, we're not gonna enjoy a whole lot of heaven on the way to heaven. It's good to know that you're under grace now, not after you die, Uh, that we can move in the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and accomplish what He wants accomplished in and through our lives. So today we're going to the book of Romans chapter 3, then I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and then to the book of Galatians chapter 1. Some brief passages out of each of these. Uh, Romans 3, 1 Corinthians 15, Galatians chapter 1, and then I'm going to ask you to do one other thing before we sit down. Uh, We welcome those that join us on the internet. Wherever you may be, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and bring joy and peace to your life today. Thank you for watching the services here at Sagemont Church in Houston. And those that listen by radio, we welcome them as well. Let's stand here in the auditorium out of respect to the reading of God's Word. Reading from the third chapter of Romans, verse 23 through 26. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption of that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus." Now let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and I would like to read to you from verse 9 and I'll read through the 10th verse. For I am the least of the apostles, that I'm not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am." And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. And then in Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. May God help us understand this passage of scripture. I want you to remain standing, and I'm gonna ask John Mark to lead us, without any instruments, in the still the number one song of Christians around the world. Just the first three verses of Amazing Grace How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And if you can't sing, saved a wretch like me, he's willing to save a wretch like you through his amazing grace. Let's sing it together as a praise to the Lord. John Newton's Amazing Grace.
1: Amazing grace, how sweet the sound 'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear! The hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Amen
0: and amen. You may be seated. One individual life may be a priceless value to God's purposes. And yours just might be that life. When Moody said many years ago, the world is yet to see what God can do with one person that's totally committed to him, he said something that those that read it never forget. Because by the grace of God, we become whatever we become. We are what we are by God's amazing grace. Sometimes I think Christians not intentionally, and with a, maybe, a desire to be humble, they insult the grace of God when they talk about their inability to serve the Lord. And you've heard all the phrases, and uh, there's too many of them to list. Some are too poor, some are too weak. Some are too young, some are too old. Some are new around here. Some are overworked. Some are undereducated. Some have no experience. And you can add a thousand other things to it. Now that sounds real good. Until you understand that we are who we are because of the grace of God. That God has chosen us. And he says, I choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And it is... God's grace, his amazing grace, that is to be at the center of everything we do as believers. It is pride that oftentimes keeps people from receiving the riches of God through grace. Every Sunday in churches all over the world, people will sit and they just will not humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. They're afraid that in their humility that someone that knows them might change their opinion of them, that they're not near as strong as they in their own mind think they are and others tell them they are, so they believe it. And so to lower themselves or humble themselves to some wayward sinner that's drifting out on the seas of life and now drifting into the mighty storms of life and calling upon God to save me is beyond their dignity. They will not confess him before men. They will argue with you uh, about how they want to keep their Spiritual life very, very confidential. That that's just between me and God. Could I just assure you, you didn't get that out of the Bible. The Bible says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so." The Bible says, "For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." But that whosoever believeth will not be ashamed. Now that doesn't mean an arrogance better than thou attitude, but it does mean by the grace of God, I've been saved. I've been born again. See, we can't win anything or we can't earn anything from God. We must receive God's grace as a gift or we have to live without it. Just that simple. You have to be willing to accept that gift. And for those of us who have for years have heard the gospel... We either have received it, maybe as a little child or a teenager or a young adult or median adult or even as a senior adult, but we have either received that grace or we have not received it. And if we have received that grace, there's some great truths in Scripture that are ours to enjoy. In John 3, 5, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. You've got to be spiritually reborn. It's more than just physical birth and doing good things that lead you to be rewarded for your strong efforts. And a good time to just pause and praise God for grace is when you're going through some kind of a drying up experience. I think when you look at the ground in Texas, that it reminds me of a lot of church-going people that are going through spiritual droughts. They're drying up. There's cracks in their armor. I heard the other day down in, in uh, South Texas, uh, one man came with me, he's lived down there all his life, and he said he's just put two more links of pipe into his well because the, the water table had dropped 22 feet in the last few months. He said, I've never done that in all my life. Maybe spiritually we need to add another pipe down into God's resources today. Maybe it's time to dig a little deeper. Maybe it's time to get off the surface where the blessings are just flowing everywhere like the flood tide and dig a little deeper and understand down there in the abyss where you feel like you are of, of the earth that there is the grace of God the love of God, and the forgiveness of God. God's grace provides fulfillment to everybody who ever receives it. If they understand that that is what saves them, the grace of God. If the church saves you, if you don't like the church, go find another one, and you'll find out it won't be long where you won't like that one. And you'll go find another one. And you won't like that one, so you'll go find another one. Right. And the truth of the matter is that God's grace is sufficient. Yes. That you're able to live day by day knowing that he walks with me and he talks with me and I, and he tells me I am his own. Yes. Once you get to living under grace... People don't hear you run around saying stuff like, oh, well, it was tough, but we made it through it. Or I can't afford it. Or I cannot find a job. Those kind of things where it says I, 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 the scripture comes back and says God's grace is sufficient. God wants you to serve him. Every sand, every grain of sand on the beach, every star in the sky, with all of their magnitude belong to God and they are the resources of God to be used for the glory of God and because we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, we can enjoy those things as God blesses. For, for a lot of people, they look for the big and the rewarding things to do. I'm looking for the job. I was telling... Two of our security men this morning, I, I said uh, uh, something came into my mind this week, you know, where people say, I can't find a job, can't find a job. I spent a day yesterday a little bit away from here, just a few miles from here uh, down the road, and I saw help wanted, 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 help wanted. But I can't find a job. And I've come to the conclusion I can't find the job I want. I can't find the job that pays me enough. I just can't find that one which I'm educated and deserve, and I need to support my family. Your job doesn't support your family. Your God will support your family. And God's ways are higher than man's ways. I was thinking of a couple of things. I was thinking about my old buddy Tom Lester. Some of you know Tom, we had him at Sagemont through the years, Ebb on Green Acres. You don't know Tom Lester, you know Ebb. Raised in Laurel, Mississippi, tall, country, Boy from Mississippi, and uh, by the way, if y'all don't know this, he got married the other day, uh, a few weeks ago. Tom Lester finally got married. Almost, he is seventy years old. He got married, I think, about sixty-nine. But Tom felt like God wanted him to be an actor. Now, most people would have gone to Hollywood and tried to sign up with one of the big movies, but he went out to and got in his old car, put everything he had in the car, went out to Los Angeles and started going to every theater in town, you know, these dinner theaters, whatever. He just said, I just want to go to work. I just want to go, I just want want to act, you know. Never acted in his life. Didn't know a thing about acting. And he got in a little old bitty play out there, and not knowing to him, but just saying, I got to learn how to act, so to act, you got to act, so I'll act in a high school play if I have to. And while there, there was the daughter of a man named Paul Henning, who was the producer and director and writer of two little shows one was called uh, the Beverly Hillbillies and the other one was called Petticoat Junction and Paul Henning was had created in his mind a third one and it would be called Green Acres and Paul Henning came over to see his daughter in this play where Tom was in the play and one night of the play he called Tom over and he said you know I'm writing a new show that we're gonna put on television and I just need a country guy that understands and can get along with a pig. And Tom smiled with his big, broad smile and he said, I can handle that. I was raised with him. And he said, why don't you go over and read for a part of this guy that's gonna take care of a pig. And for the next eight years, there was a number two show on television behind only Andy Griffith's show. And uh, he could have waited until he got an Academy Award, I guess, or thought that he was gonna be movie where he might get one. I remember another guy, his name is Wade, his last name is Owens. The first time I met him, I was cleaning hogs at close to the midnight hour in Kerr County, Texas, and had 19 of them left to clean, and the guy that was standing with me had quit. And uh, he said, ca- I cannot skin another hog, and these kids have been out there thinning these hogs, and I'm, I'm cleaning them by myself. And an old scooter comes up, uh, and off it bounces this young, strong guy, and he entered, so my name's Wade Owens. My dad has a ranch right here next door to this one, and, and uh, it looked like you could use some help. Well, for about the next two or three hours, Wade and I skinned hogs, about 13 of them, if I remember right. That's the way I met him. Today, he'll preach to over 1,100 people over in the awakening service. Now, he could have said, God bless you, but I got to get back home and sleep. But he said, Give me the knife and let's go for it. See, see, by the grace of God, you can do whatever God wants you to do. Just be still and know that He's God. Let God direct your path. You'll have more good things happen to you by accident than you'll have on purpose. Jack Harvey was at the Andy Pettit thing last week and, and they had a door prize. And Jack said he stood up there, 400 people, said he had this little ticket in his hand, and he said, my goodness, said, the possibility is winning in here, this is impossible, and they called his number. He got a $10 gift certificate to the academy. Can't figure out what he's going to buy. <laughs> but have you ever been the recipient of a gift you didn't deserve? Have you ever been in a place where, by the grace of God, you saw that girl, or you saw that guy? or you stumbled into that job, or you met this person, became your partner in business, or maybe your partner in life. The more you fill yourself with divine truth, the less impact your personal efforts and your intellect and your skills will have on your life's vocation. When you just fill yourself with God, wherever he leads you go, and you find yourself doing things that you never in your life planned to do, but God allowed it to happen by his grace. The more we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the more our efforts become effortless. We don't make it happen. If we can just discover somewhere along the way of life if we can just discover and recognize the power of God in our lives, it could be a new day for us. Man. Christ in me, the hope, is the way this writer of Romans said it. Paul said it, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Yeah. It's God in our lives that turns us to be kind and compassionate and considered and open. Mercy is God's goodness that is confronting human misery and guilt, but grace is God's goodness directed towards our debt and our demerit. When we're going through tough times and many of us are and God's mercy. Thank God for the mercy of God. None of us want justice. We want mercy. But God's grace covers our sin. God's grace takes care of Past debts, they're paid in full with a check signed by the blood of Jesus written on the banks of heaven. What has God's grace done for you lately? What can you point at and say, by the grace of God, I was able to participate or enjoy whatever? From the opening pages of Scripture... We learn that God wants man to have more than he ever deserved. You tell me why Adam and Eve deserved that place that they got to live. You say, you know, I'm out trying to find the perfect place to live. You know, and I've looked here and there and all, and I just can't find what I want. Well, Adam and Eve didn't look for anything. God just said, hey, try this one out. Can you imagine when Eve came along and Adam showed him where she was going to live? Wow. What did they do to deserve that? Nothing. What did we do what did we do to deserve our salvation? Nothing. But he created, God created this marvelous universe and gave it to his kids and says, now take care of it. I want to give you this because I love you. You are my heirs. You're a joint heir with my son, Jesus Christ. And as Adam and Eve were immersed in that beautiful Garden of Eden and then messed it up, Having done nothing to deserve such an import, such a beautiful place, it was given to them by God, and his grace was bestowed upon them with an awesome, awesome blessing. you know the best things we get, out of, get in life are gifts from God? You think about it for just a moment. The best things we get in life are gifts from God, like life. Health, children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, parents, grandparents, our birthplace, the seasons of the year, darkness and light, the birds, the fish, the animals, the plants, the water, the universe, friends, church, eyes, ears, brothers, sisters, fellow Christians, word of God, love, peace, joy, contentment, Jesus, and forgiveness. And if we had a little more time, we could add to that list a whole lot. Now, what do we deserve? What do we do deserve any of that? Nothing. By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God's amazing grace. God's love for man is the reason his grace is bestowed upon man. That's the only thing. He loves us, so His grace is given to us. We are the benefactors from the time of creation until right now. God has showered upon all of us our undeserved favor, His undeserved favor. He has blessed us exceeding abundantly, the Scripture says, above all that we could think or ask. Is Christianity a threatening faith, being offered to searching mankind? Come join us, but be careful. Don't mess up. You mess up, God will zap you like that. But if you want to come along and work your way into the hierarchy of the faith, then that's fine, but... Don't you stumble and don't you fall into sin because if you do, you're out of here. You mess up one time, you're gone. You're gone. But the judgmental, legalistic believers are everywhere that will very clearly parallel the first century Pharisees and Sadducees. And their indignant attitudes are grace killers. It is hard for unbelievers to understand God's grace when they get into a bunch of legalistic ritualism. They don't understand. And many people miss out on the joy of your salvation because you think you will mess up. When God calls you to do something... He'll lead you to do it. I don't know, country preacher years ago said his first sermon he preached on Moses in the lion's den. Five people got saved. I can tell you this for a fact. I can preach to the church and people get saved. I can preach to the lost and people join the church on a promise of a letter. You know, it doesn't make any sense at all. Or start tithing. I mean, you know, it's crazy. Because, you know, a lot of times, it's almost like speaking in another tongue. I, you know, you can you can speak, and years ago when we had our Vietnamese friends come over, you remember they came to our service, and they didn't speak English, they sat over in the hall up on the balcony, and as Judy and Tex Ward and Mr. Payne, all of them were up there with them, they didn't understand one bit of English, and I sure didn't know any Vietnamese, and I would preach in English, and they'd come out of the balcony getting saved, telling the people at the front who could understand Vietnamese what the, I had said. Now, that's speaking in tongues, all right? That's when the Holy Spirit is interpreting for them, and dozens came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and some of them are preaching the gospel right now, and one of them is preaching in one of the greatest churches in the city of Houston right now. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. That's grace. God's grace is sufficient. You go back and read your history. The Protestant Reformation was about a group of people who realized that Christianity was built on grace, that's what it's all about. That we are saved by grace through faith. In John 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come to the Father except by me. No other name given among men whereby we must be saved. If God punished us and gave us what we deserve, we never would get to heaven. Amen. But the law and grace do work together, the standard doesn't change. God does demand perfection. He says, be perfect as I am perfect. The law sets the banner, sets the goal, sets the speed limit. It sets the, the, where you are to go to, where you are to reach. But God, we cannot do that on our own, but God puts his Holy Spirit in us and the Holy Spirit can do those things. And I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me through the Holy Spirit is the way Paul wrote it. But when we are under grace... Thank God for his amazing grace. We are able to do what God commands us to do. Pray without ceasing. Love him unconditionally like he loves us. And love others unconditionally. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now, what is the truth that brings salvation? It's Jesus, right? I am the truth. Now, listen to Romans 5, 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so the righteousness of one, the free gift, came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one, many will be made Righteous. Think about that. Is that not good news? Yes. Isn't it wonderful? How would you like to sit here if you owe anybody? If you're one of those that uh, feel like that credit is borrowing what you don't have to buy what you don't need to keep up with people you don't like, and, and uh, you finally caught them, and you're sitting here right now, and you don't know how in the world am I ever going to get out of this bondage. If somebody handed you a note right now, would you please call this number? as soon as this service is over because we just received a call that all your debts have been paid. You owe no man anything whatsoever. I wonder if you'd go straight to Bible study class or if you would be out there asking receptionists, is there a telephone I could borrow somewhere? I sure would like to call. I've got a number here. I need, I got an emergency call. You know, I know what you'd do and I think I know what I'd do. I'd be running for the telephone. But do you know what? There's been a check written out of heaven. You're forgiven. You can be born again. You can have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you don't have to run to the telephone. The Holy Spirit is right there with you, ready to celebrate with you through the grace of God. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might be rich. We are the recipients of the bountiful blessings of God. God's Word continues to just open up Scripture after Scripture. 2 Corinthians 9 8 is another great one. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Listen to this. That you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Have you heard any better news than that this morning? How wonderful it is to know that God will take you where you are and make you what He wants you to be, and together we can celebrate what God does in our lifetime. You say, well, I just can't believe coming to God is that simple. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. Yeah Yeah, that's the way it is. It's that simple. It's that simple. That unless you come as a little child. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's it. God provides heavenly grace. For all who will genuinely. Confess their sin. And repent of that sin. His grace. Is a gift. After that. We live by grace. We walk by faith, not by sight. Charles Swindoll is read by many. Let me read a quote out of his book. I think this is a good working definition of grace. To show grace is to extend favor or kindness to one who doesn't deserve it and can never earn it. Receiving God's acceptance by grace always stands in sharp contrast to earning it on the basis of works. Every time the thought of grace appears, there is the idea of its being undeserved. In no way is the recipient getting what he or she deserves. Favor is being extended simply out of the goodness of the heart of the giver. It is absolutely and totally free you will never be asked to pay it back, and you couldn't if you tried. That's pretty down to earth. I think that's down there where we all live. I think we can understand that, that grace, it doesn't matter what your background is or that of your family. It is God's grace that's saved and God's grace alone. It's a one-time deal. You can only be born again one time falling from grace you don't fall from grace you can fall from legalistic salvation but you don't fall from grace God's grace will sustain you if you're saved by grace you live by faith and you die by faith and if you live you live under the Lord if you die you die in the Lord but whether you live or die you're the Lord grace will lead us home Mercies of a- Instant thing. Salvation is instant thing. You're saved like this, but grace will lead us home. Grace sustains us. The salvation that we received by grace like this, we're born again, but then the grace sustains us for the rest of our life and will one day take us home. He guides us. He has compassion on us. He is lenient towards us. He forgives us and all who believe because of his grace. Yes. Many Christians seem to understand the concept of being saved by grace, but they fail to understand what it means to continue to be sustained by grace. His yes. grace... And grace alone. Sinful man is saved, purified, and forgiven because of the infinite love, mercy, goodness, pity, compassion, and grace of God. Now I've got a question I'm through. How big is your God? How big is his grace? Not physically how big is he, how much grace does he have? The, great, the, the God of whatever religion you choose, how big is his grace? Man cannot fathom the depth and breadth of the grace of God. It cannot be comprehended. Are you sharp enough this morning to think back the background, the people you know that are saved. Can Can you just think for a moment, how does God save a guy like Ernest? As he would want to tell you. He'd be the first one to jump up 47 years in the penitentiary. What kind of God does that take? What kind of God did it take to save you? It's a thrilling thought. Be careful. Do not focus as much on the goal. One day we'll see him by and by and the sweet by and by. But God's grace is sufficient in the nasty now and now. And that's happened to be where we are. We're living one day at a time. And grace is the process that leads us to heaven, which is the goal. One day, we'll see our master face to face. We shall Behold him. John Piper writes God is gracious to whom he will be gracious. He is not limited by anyone's wickedness. He is never trapped by his own wrath. His grace may break out anywhere he pleases. Let it happen here today. Let the grace of God break out. Hebrews says in the 12th chapter, verse 28, Wherefore, since we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably, with reverence, with godly fear. Never forget Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Yeah. Romans 5.20, but where sin abound, grace did much more abound. And then our last scripture is John 1 17 for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I'm glad you know about Moses. I hope you know about Jesus. I'm glad you're learning the law and you've got the 10 commandments memorized and you're keeping more than 50% of them. But I hope that you understand what grace is that can cover all ten. God's grace is sufficient. From the fifth chapter of Romans to the eighth chapter of Romans, you go home and read it. It's all about grace, 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 grace. amazing grace that'll lead us home. Today, you can receive that. We're not going to have a drawing. Whosoever will can come. Today, you can, you can, by just simply confessing your sin and repenting of that sin, receive the gift. You've got to be born again. God wants a fresh start in your life today. He wants to forgive and forget the past. That's up to you. So with head uh, bowed and eyes closed, if you today are in this service and you would like to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life and to start a walk by faith and not by sight and to live by grace and not under the law but be able to keep the will and ways of God because of the Holy Spirit that is in you by God's grace because you invited him to come in, then you can receive the Lord today and you can be born again. You can walk out of here a brand new person to serve God the rest of your life. Now that's not for, there's no exceptions, no exceptions. There's no need in you trying to think of an excuse why you're not qualified. The Bible says, for all have sinned, but all are invited. Would you invite him into your life today? I'm gonna to lead us in a prayer, and I invite you to join me in, in this prayer if you have never asked Christ in your life. Then I'm gonna ask you to not be ashamed of it, and when we close the service, to step right through the double doors over here to the left, And make one step through that door and look to the right. And that beautiful lobby there is waiting for you to receive some attention, some love. A person will be there to answer any question you might have. To help you to make sure you understood as best you could in these brief 30 minutes what I have said. And you can go your way rejoicing and you will never be the same again. Maybe you'd like to join Sagemont Church the way you do that, you can just go in there and say, I'm a, I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I want to be a part of whatever God's doing at SageMont. Just step in there for just a moment. Let us get where your membership is, and we'll write for it. We'll take care of all the details, and you'll become a part of the SageMont church family. You're already a part of the family of God. Be baptized believers, but now you can be a part of SageMont. Just pray this prayer if you've never asked Christ in your life. Dear God... I'm asking you today to come into my heart and life. I am opened. My pride is no longer an issue. I see myself as I am. I am a sinner. And I understand now you love me anyway. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for your gift of grace. And now, by grace, will you take hold of my life. AND WHEREVER I LIVE IT, MAY IT BE DONE AND LIVE FOR THE GLORY OF GOD. SO GUIDE MY STEPS NOW, LORD, IN JESUS' NAME, AS I RECEIVE YOU AS SAVIOR, and LORD, AMEN. WE PRAY THAT TODAY'S MESSAGE HAS BROUGHT YOU TO A CLOSER RELATIONSHIP WITH
1: JESUS CHRIST. JOIN US SUNDAYS AT 8, 9.30, AND 11 A.M. AT Sagemont CHURCH IN THE WORSHIP AUDITORIUM. For more information, check us out on the World Wide Web, sagemontchurch.org.